Welcome everyone to the Behind the Beans podcast here at Steampunk Coffee. Uh, I'm going to be hosting today, it's Toby on the mic here. And uh, firstly, I would like to say, please ignore any wild background noises that may pop up. We are recording upstairs at Steampunk and there is also Storm Barra raging on outside. So uh, hopefully there won't be too much disruption, but we have got the fire on and we've got an Ocho in hand, a hot apple for myself. And we are here with the lovely Jackie Shuttleworth. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. That's all good. Now, your bio online says, <laughs> Jackie is the general sorter outer for Fringe by the Sea. With a background in events, marketing and journalism, she keeps the plates spinning across the festival realm from programming to community relations. Now, I've seen you in action, Jackie. I've had the, the honor of working alongside you at Fringe by the Sea and you do far more than keep the plates spinning. You are like on every every plane of the festival, keeping an eye on things. So, you yeah. know, it's, I don't know how you do it. There's, you sort of must have this build up to these events and then suddenly it's happening. I mean, and this year has been wild for the Scottish events um, industry. It was a particularly challenging year, yeah, I have to say. But I think, yeah, I mean, um, general manager of Fringe by the Sea, but it's general kind of dog's body in a way. We're a very small team and uh, we, we pop up into a much bigger team just at the time of the festival in August. So there's a huge amount of planning involved, but equally, you don't know what's what until you actually get on site and build the festival. And then you've got, we've got about 70 people and on our staff and our volunteers who just join us the day before. So suddenly your, yeah. your kind of core team has has multiplied in yeah. size. Yeah. Um, no, it was really exciting. And I have to say, so I was doing the photography this year for yeah. you guys and seeing all the volunteers and this kind of massive cohort of people, it was just phenomenal. And so nice to see in North Berwick where there's lots of little things going on, but something is bit like, not that Fringe, Fringe by the Sea is this huge event, it's just, it's big for North Berwick and it's so nice to offer people an experience like that locally. I think there's, there's so much value in that. Yeah, arts, you know, making the arts accessible um, and trying to bring really good quality arts experiences to East Lothian. You know, there's, there's no one else doing that at the yeah. moment. Well, on different scales there are, absolutely. But um, I think the thing with the team is um, what makes it so good. Yes, they all do pop up, but a lot of them are uh, from the local community, North Berwick or, or just beyond into East Lothian. And this year in particular was so special because of COVID, you know, people had been stuck indoors. We hadn't been out to any events yeah. and there was a real desire, a strong desire from people to get back and get involved. Um, yeah. And we had so many, so many volunteers all doing it for different reasons as well, actually, you know, maybe they'd moved to the town during the pandemic. And so they'd not had the chance to meet anyone really. Um, so it was a really good way of people connecting with each other and um, having a bit of fun as well, you know, just putting some smiles on people's faces. Absolutely. Um, so it was, it was really, it was feel good. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't really expect that it was actually going to happen. I mean, even the team ourselves, who were kind of a few days out, we were a bit touch and go, to yeah. be honest, because of the COVID rules. Um, you know, we started, we were still in level zero. So that we were, we were working under a lot of restrictions in that yeah. first weekend. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the feedback has been incredible in terms of the, the experiences, the fun, the joy it brought at a much needed time for, it was, for everybody. I, I was working and it was sheer euphoria. So <laughs> I, I, as far as I could tell from all, all the all the audience members and all the volunteers, everyone just had like such phenomenal time. Yeah. Um, and I guess what was, what challenges were you faced with when planning an event 
off the back of you know all these restrictions and yeah and was there a point where you had to decide you know we're going to take the leap or you know what how did that whole decision making process kind of happen so we've actually been planning for this year's festival since 2019 really because we obviously cancelled 2020 and so we'd pushed some of our planning into 2021 so there'd been this big build-up but really the reality was that in terms of the detail and the confirmations on a lot of the acts that we're bringing in didn't really happen until about two months out and even then there was a lot of concern and you know a kind of lack of confidence you know you know what it was like in that period over the summer um there was a new variant mm-hmm. um of covid and the government were kind of back and forth a bit in terms of the regulations we expected social distancing to be eased uh, before it actually was yeah. so there was you know loads of rules to follow loads of regulations everybody's doing this for the first time as well in terms of the government but also the yeah. local authority um, so the goalposts kept shifting um, and that did make planning very hard but I tell you I was I was all good school right let's just leave <laughs> it but um, we've got a phenomenally driven um, director Rory Steele who kept the faith keep the faith is his motto <laughs> um, and he just he just kept us going persuaded us that we'd reached that point that tipping point of let's make it happen it's the right thing to do and we can just about get in there with the regulations um, as in the timing is is, is right um, and I think we were backed by a lot of local sponsors and partners and funders and just a general sense in the town, you know, we were getting um, encouragement from people to, to make it happen. And that did all help us and build that momentum. Keep and the say, faith. Yeah, keep the faith, keep totally. The faith. That, that that's what it's it. all about. You in know? a nutshell. <laughs> there was that's... times when I definitely lost the faith. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we it was were... found again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I have to say it was it was a marvel this year. And I've, I've, I've attended previous ones, but this one was naturally a lot bigger. Um, was that due to COVID or was that because there was this kind of navigating whether it had to be an open air situation? Yeah. You had to make all these decisions. So, yeah. So initially, is that what you planned or, or did it kind of evolve? We decided that quite early on that would have to be everything would have to be outdoors, which Scotland in August, mm. you know, is <laughs> the weather is so variable. But, so we had that and we knew that we were going to need additional space. So traditionally, Fringe by the Sea has always been at the harbour side in North Berwick, which is constrained in terms of space and um, with some pop-up events around mm-hmm. town. So we knew we had to go out of the harbour side, widen out and create more spaces for ourselves. And at North Berwick Trust, for example, were really um, supportive of us doing that and um, working with the council to use the lodge grounds uh, in the town. So that really opened it up for us. So we accidentally became bigger than ever before <laughs> during COVID. Uh, we didn't really mean to. And um, we had over 200 events running over 10 days. We were Crazy. bigger than the Edinburgh Fringe at one point, um, <laughs> which was a bit <laughs> scary. Daunting. Like, what? Yeah, what are we doing? Um, but the people came, the people did come and, um, you know, the, they supported in terms of what we're doing. And we, tr- we just cover such a wide range of events for all different ages, interests, um, you know, from community based events right up to your, your headline acts, Basement Jacks and Lulu. So it is a bit of something for everyone. And that does seem to be a kind of, you know, it, it does grab people's imagination that sort of that programming works here. I have to say that the selection yeah the programming programming as you say is is so diverse it's phenomenal and i was really blown away by seeing you know there was you had like local community theater groups that were putting on shows and yeah all the way up to basement jacks which was this massive dj set with everyone kind of just going and that was was that the i think that was the first night or possibly the second night the crowd were just (laughs) i mean humming it was so such a scene of pure sort of 
just joy. Just if you un- want an appreciative crowd, joy. put on a dance night a year and a half into yeah, <laughs> no one's absolutely. been out. You know? so Who knows a, what you're going to see? It we was, had a ready-made uh, <laughs> up for it audience. Yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, that that opening night was was tricky because we were working under these COVID regulations, which was no vertical consumption of alcohol. Which is a funny uh, concept in yeah, itself. So yeah, so I, you know, I was trying to enforce that. Um, but, you know, we, we, again, it was the local community who supported it and made it a brilliant night you know i remember going around in that tent with you as well taking some pictures and there were smiles on people's faces and it was awesome to see that kind of that that, that joy yeah it was it was stunning and then you've got um you've got just such a broad selection i've got a few examples here yeah um so Maggie O'Farrell and uh, and Lem Cisse, and so you've got some of these more sort of literary, um, yeah. uh, not acts, but you know people who are coming in and, and just having a chat with the audience. And then you've got yeah Irvin Welsh, and then all the way to like Lulu, yeah Basement Jacks. Um, I mean everyone everyone that I saw was just phenomenal, and it, it was just I, I mean what what do you take into consideration when you're pulling it all together? Because you I guess you can't have a big name every night and actually you probably wouldn't want a big you know a big name in terms of a big musical uh, mm. event because uh, these people are all big names but. yeah well um we've got to obviously start with our audiences um fringe by the sea typically when it was first set up aimed for and attracted more of an elderly audience and had a really strong trad and folk music program to it but it's always it's always been a fringe so it programs you know across music comedy, literature, family stuff. And that, that's the beauty of it. And that sort of sets us apart really from a lot of other summer festivals. Um, it is also a nightmare to program because you're trying to do <laughs> uh, something for everyone um, across the whole 10 days um, that it is now. Um, you know, we, we want quality. You know, we want people who are at the kind of top of their game and delivering a really special show or event. Um, we want to really support local and emerging talent as well. So. The past few years, we've really focused on um, new emerging acts from Scotland. So acts like Malka, B. Charlotte. Uh, mm. We had Nova, Nova Scotia, The Truth. Um, she was support act for Basement Jacks. So putting people really like her, cool. who've just she's just you know she won the um, Scottish Album of the Year award. Putting her up ahead of a Basement Jacks, you know, it's it's great to do that to be able to give somebody that platform and, and she you know, is get phenomenal. Coverage. She's amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking of other people you brought in Swim School, who are yeah. obviously just doing incredibly at the moment, and uh, Midnight Ambulance, who played their first live set, having come together yeah. during lockdown and played the most phenomenal set. Um, I think they were opening for swim school, actually. That's right. And just thinking, I, as you were talking there, I thought of other, you know, you had uh, Reginald D. Hunter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just incredible. There was, And then there were all the kids sort of um, creative activities down in the harbour. I mean, it's all coming back to me. Yeah. Storm made yeah. an appearance. Yeah, and the giant puppets. The giant the, puppets the stomped day. down mm-hmm. along the beach there. It's just... It, it really is a credit, obviously, to yourself and, and to the team, but it is um, it is such a valuable and important offering to a smaller community like North Berwick, where there really isn't, you know, there's not any, like, late-night jazz bars or, you know, X, Y, and Z. There's not that much happening. There's a lot of creatives here, but there's not many mm-hmm. events that are happening. So Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're trying to reflect the sort of changing tastes of, of North Berwick and East Lothian as well. You know, it's a growing, East Lothian is one of the fastest growing regions. North Berwick's 
a fast, very fast growing town. There's a lot more younger people. There are more families here. So it's trying to reflect that sort of different, um, you know, different needs, different tastes and make it as accessible and inclusive as possible. And we want, like I say, we want to support emerging talent. We had our Lighthouse live stage down at the harbour, which was free for people to go down and enjoy. And a lot of the programming there were either local acts or you know, really young acts who are just sort of starting off the career. There was also community stuff there, local dance troops, that kind of thing. Um, but it just created a buzz. You know, yeah. people want to go and hang out and, and be and part of it. Especially if you know someone who's involved, you yeah, know, your yeah. friend's playing this or yeah. doing that set or whatever. You, you're suddenly, it, it pulls people, draws people to these events that might not have been drawn to them otherwise yeah. as well. You know, sort of, I, I think to Blue Tile, who we have playing in here, but yeah. some of their friends and supporters might not think, you know, Fringe by the Sea is necessarily something they would, Ten, but because their friends are involved, they go along, and suddenly, as far as as far as I could see, they're all having you know a great time. I think programming for teenagers and young people, as they get put into that bracket, <laughs> it is a bit more challenging, you know, in terms of uh, how to do it, especially when a particular event is being seen as being for not for them. Yeah. So you've got to just create that space and encourage people to to come along and into it. And actually, you know, the Drama Mill is a really good example of a local organisation who does have a really good, strong following. And they, Linda there really works at um, bringing in all the families and friends around all the performers. And they had a really good turnout. They performed Emma in that in our massive big top, which actually Amazing. seats 4,000 people. <laughs> I mean, hats off to those guys for That's standing up on that stage. That's a bigger audience than I've ever played in front of, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, but they did amazingly well. And then, you know, and she did sort of her promenade theatre around town. Tell you one thing which worked really well as well was the silent disco adventures people. Oh my goodness. I mean, seeing people throwing shapes around North Berwick, that was pretty... And singing along. There was a point where I was in the big tent and I could hear <laughs> just something in the distance. Yeah. I was like, what is that? And then it, then it, it dawned on me that it was the, uh, the silent ravers or not so silent <laughs> ravers. Now it was great. And yeah. everyone's just kind of stomping their way around town. It was, um, no, it was brilliant. Um, so let's rewind for a minute. You kind of touched on it there briefly, but let's go back to the year, is it 2008? Let's cast our mm -hmm. minds back to that, that mm -hmm. beautiful year. I don't know, did anything exciting happen in 2008? Did Britney Spears shave her head in 2008? I think that's that might have been 2007. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some cultural references, but uh, we'll call it the summer of Fringe by the Sea's birth. That's, uh, yeah. So so how did the, how did the whole... Um, you know, as it's come to, as in its current form, how, how did it reach this point? And what, what were the Well, here, here I have to mention John, Jane and Eric, who are, were, were then at that point North Berwick residents. Um, Eric's musician, uh, John and Jane were, they all, they got together and, and set this thing up, you know, a, a bunch of mates basically who thought actually this is what's needed. Actually, I was working as a journalist at the time. And I remember reporting on the fact that this was happening, you know, down the road from from Edinburgh Fringe and a little bit of a muscling in on the yeah, the yeah. territory. And I thought, well, that's just a brilliant idea to be doing a fringe, you know, down by the sea, you know, get a nice trip to the beach as well at the same time. So, like I said, they started off, I think it was over a weekend or a few days, their initial festival. Um, I think, and I, I don't think they'd mind me saying that it was a bit flying by the seat of the pants. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we're still flying by the seat yeah, of the pants yeah. a little bit at times. Um, but they're, they're really, they're brilliant guys. And actually, um, 
they're all involved still in in the festival in different ways. When they they essentially pass on the festival to Rory Steele, um, and at that point Niall Middleton, who was a, another director who's since moved on, um, but they they handed over this sort of passed on this yeah. kind of guardianship of the the festival. Yeah. yeah, and they said, look, you know, but speak to us about it. Let us know what you need to know and and how we can help steer it in the future. Amazing. And uh, Eric's son Ali Wales is our production manager as well. Who I mean, it would not be fringe by the sea without Ali. He's just incredible. He builds the whole thing with this team of people. <laughs> uh, there's what whenever I ask Ali something, he's like, "Yeah, of course I can." You know, there's just never a job that he says no to or a thing that can't be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those people. Um, so it's great that he's uh, still involved in the festival after mm. all this time, and he was going to it as a, a young lad, uh, and now he's a kind of a core oh, part man. of it. Yeah, so beautiful. And I think I was working alongside. Well, I was shooting. Uh, I think it was the Johnny Walker event. Uh-huh. And I believe, was it John was volunteering? Yeah, John came so back I was, as a volunteer. He, he saw, there was this gentleman <laughs> who was super friendly and we were chatting, but nobody, you know, he didn't really say anything about the festival. And I, you know, we were kind of at the beginning, you speak to a lot of people at these events and you're kind of jumping from one event to the other. And it's all a little, you know, as you say, flying by the seat of your pants. <laughs> and so we chatted and then I left. And as I was, I was walking back with a separate volunteer and they were like, oh yeah, he, you know, he helped set it up. And now I just, I love that he was still involved and still, you know, there's no kind of ego. It's not so easy. No. He comes along. Notice how he, relaxed he was as well. That's because he wasn't. He just yeah, could come in yeah, as a volunteer yeah. and just enjoy it. Do his time and then step <laughs> yeah. out. And that's uh, yeah, no. It, but it was just lovely. And I think I think that's where it's um, you know a festival like this really uh, shines is this kind of community, seeing familiar <laughs> yeah. faces that are all that play different parts in the community, but they can come together under this bracket of you know volunteer or. Um, you know, m- member of the team at, at, at Fringe yeah. by the Sea. You can definitely sense that. And some of those volunteers who are still volunteering now have done so since day one of the festival. And what is great, though, is um, they have been totally open to welcoming and working with this new bunch. So we also employ you know, a team of staff who, you know, work nonstop throughout the whole thing with us. And they may be school leaving age, uh, local to North Berwick or, or kind of East Lothian. And they just come in with loads of energy and, and ideas, but you know, very little experience. And so match them up with the team of volunteers who are experienced, sort of keep the heed, you know, they don't get yeah. ruffled by anything. Yeah. They're they're just kind of like, look, there's no drama here. So putting <laughs> those two groups of people together is, is just brilliant because they work with each other so well and they learn from each other as well. So that's really what kind of creates that really welcoming sort of friendly vibe. And that's what yeah. we're trying to kind of deliver. I, and- that struck me immediately when I met all the, all, you know, everyone in their orange t-shirts. I was like, there's such a broad range of ages. And, you know, it just feels like a big kind of dysfunctional family. Everyone's kind of having a bit of a joke, you know, yeah. like the, uh, considering, you know, they're working and they're doing their hours to get the festival going. Everyone was smiling. Everyone was really upbeat. Everyone had this kind of spring in their step. And I think, yeah, again, that just reflects the energy of the festival and, um, and yeah, I guess I'm, um, you know, having different ages and and people bringing different things to the table means that you get this really rich, diverse group that are, are working. Um, yeah, working one, one of the things I like seeing and sort of, um, I think is quite unique or special, really, is that you know, and it's called intergenerational, but just young and old, or younger and o- older, working together, or just hanging out and enjoying each other's company, and creating those opportunities to enable that to happen. Because I think, you know, what can happen in communities is that they become quite 
what's the word so when you're segregated, segregated yeah you know you've almost got your that yeah. well that's what the older people do and the young people do this and there's a skate park crowd and there's this crowd and you're all yeah you're all doing your thing but you're all a bit separated from each other having something where you can just come together and have a shared connection around that is it's really a special place to be and people just get so much enjoyment you can get so much from chatting to someone who you would not normally necessarily talk, talk to as people about you random might write stuff. off you know you sort of someone yeah, you think yeah. oh i don't want to speak to that person you know that yeah. a young person might feel that about an older person or vice versa yeah. and i think you, you're so right there's so much to learn from each other you know i think we uh, and i'm you know i'm still in my 20s but you you start getting set in your ways and then like i've done kind of acting workshops with kids and you're like you guys are genius. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm being paid to sort of teach you guys and lead you guys. But the reality is that I'm also gaining from this because I, yeah. all this knowledge and excitement and sort of uh, imagination. You know, everyone brings a different energy, and I think, yeah, to, to, I'm all for this intergenerational mingling and and uh, collaboration because I just think there is also the 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 classic. You know, you grow wiser as you're older. I think there's a, there's a, a definite element of truth but equally you might think you're wiser and then actually you see a group of you know young kids young yeah. you know teenagers and, yeah. and realize that they maybe they've got it figured out and actually you can learn from them there's so yeah and i think that's the beauty of the arts as well in opening up conversations or just a shared experience around something you've seen or heard or you know, an author's maybe presented an idea or a thought or it's just a, a good musical moment or yeah. dancing like mad to Basement Jacks, whatever it may be. <laughs> you know, it's just a shared experience, isn't it? And I think especially now after not having had that for the best part of a, a year and a half by that point when we ran this year, um, it was it was much needed. You know, we were getting um, feedback and emails from people, for example, people who care for others. So one woman, she was she's a carer for her husband, her entire family. And they hadn't been out. They were so worried about COVID. And this was their first time getting out really into, you know, doing something sociable, basically. Um, and she was, she just, she said she sat there and she was so joyful and so appreciative of it, of this very simple act of being able to go out. She had a meal in town with the people that she cares for and enjoy an experience together that was also accessible for them. You just on their doorstep, you know, not far to get to, you know, there was no barriers. Um, and she was kind of over, so overcome and so sort of I think overwhelmed by it. that she she messaged us about that. I was like, oh, that's brilliant, you know. And getting that back is sort of the sort of yeah. food for the soul and, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. a reminder to keep the faith. Exactly, keep the faith. <laughs> that's keep, the motto. Keep coming back to that. That's <laughs> it is a good when because times can be dark, especially when you've got I mean all the government guidance that was so heavy and ever changing it. So there was a point where it sort of felt like you woke up and the news was going to be you know your what you were living under was a slightly different set of rules on a daily yeah. basis so keeping the faith is the rules and then it's the interpretation of the rules and how they're brought to life or how they're you know mm, put well, into Boris practice Johnson yeah. we love his sort of uh, <laughs> everyone can interpret the rules as they wish that was a that was a real a real helpful guidance from uh, the prime minister anyway <laughs> well you know you can, no one knows what they're doing. That's the thing. We're all in this situation. It's new for everybody. I'm not yeah. defending Boris, by the way, but um, it's it's all new for everybody. So we were like, there was quite a few points in that the couple of weeks in the run up to the festival. We were like, actually, we can't operate under these guidelines as we're being told. Or, for example, I can say this now, that big top that we had, which was so fantastic, had slipped away from us. So we had to scramble to find a, a last minute one. And uh, one of our headliners was a bit dodgy about coming. So there was all these kind of big things that were, were showstoppers, big really. big ifs, yeah. Yeah, big ifs. Um, you know, and that is quite stressful at that point where you're like, right, we're going to have to potentially call this off, you know. But keep the faith. Keep the faith. Yeah, exactly.
Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of touched on this, but if you know, if you could sum up what the uh, approaching the festival as a whole, what the ethos is behind it, and what are the kind of core pillars that hold it up? I'm sure this is probably going to touch on things we've already discussed, but mm-hmm. you know, what's your when booking artists and organizing geographically the event and um, all and and then bringing in you know a team to make this. Uh, a reality what what are your what's your drive what's your motivator it's definitely a community rooted and focused festival and that is a really powerful thing you know we're, we're speaking to some sponsors and partners at the moment who realize that the power of community and that connection probably even more so now than they did pre-covid mm. um because of what it generates and how it makes people feel and that emotional pull of that I think the the sort of thought for me is that we want to delight, we want to surprise people. You know, you wouldn't expect to necessarily see some of these acts in a in a wee seaside town and yeah. windy Scottish coast. <laughs> um, so that element of surprise and delight is, I think, quite magical. You know, if you think, especially for people who don't really know that we're on, they just pop up around the corner like, oh, you know, Groove Armada are here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, um, yeah, I saw Groove Armada. Yeah. They were so good. <laughs> they that were, was 2019. Yeah. Trying to get them back. Yeah. That was <laughs> phenomenal and that was in the that was in the old spiegel uh, tent spiegel tent that's yeah, it yeah it was so good again yeah. yeah totally it was i was moving away so i'd covered lulu and then was going to another event and i was walking down quality street and i just had like lulu kind of echoing down the streets and it was so surreal it's just <laughs> you know you recognize that voice and you know it yes yeah. like wow that's Lily just kind of echoing around these streets. Not too loudly, I should say. Yeah, no, not it wasn't above the, the no, loud decibels, the, uh, was yeah. it? No. <laughs> but the the I think the acts, you know, people something a bit different for them. So Lulu came here, you know, she wanted, we said like, what would you like to eat, Lulu? She wanted a chippy from the fry, you know, my that's honey, that's part honey. of the North Berwick experience. So they come here, that's that's what they want to, you know, kind of, they want that sort of slightly different. They, don't want, they know they're not playing a big stadium or they're not going to get certain things, but they, yeah. they're embracing it. So I think if they're, if the act's up for it, the performers are up for it, you know, we're very much here to welcome them, make sure they have a really good time when they're here, yeah. you know, to sort of look after them. You know, we can't give them sort of what they might expect on a normal tour, but we can give them a really good chippy and a yeah, bit of exactly. sea air. And a big and, smile. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. that warm, again, comes back to that warm energy that, that, that is just intrinsic in this festival. Yeah, yeah. We also, you know, you get various rider requests, none of which have been too extreme, but which have maybe involved us running around friendly neighbours of North Berwick saying, have you got an iron? Lulu yeah. needs to iron something and it's 10 minutes to showtime. Oh my so goodness. That, yeah. But then back to community, because you probably know people that are living sort of two doors down. Exactly, from, uh... I did. We went and grabbed an iron from just around the corner there. So. Now there's a story, a dinner party story. Yeah, no, Lulu used my iron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she was doing her own ironing to be fair. but like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just gave, I passed the iron into the little tent and nice, left nice. me to it. Um, Actually, now, have you, if you were to think back, is there any rider that sticks with you? You don't need to name and shame, but is there any quirky Well, the, or... most, the most frustrating rider, I won't name this person's name, it's very unfair, <laughs> but um, they did request, uh, and it was just grapes, but they wanted black grapes, green grapes, and red grapes. Now, <laughs> as a grape snob, I fully support this. I do, I fully understand where they're coming from on this. So for for some reason, uh, North Berwick was short on these different colours of grapes that day. So, of course, you know, being us, we're like, no, we need to get the grapes. We'll so we, we, we'll we sent off, you know, oh, I don't know, a couple of volunteers, maybe a staff member as well, to <laughs> find, hunt down these grapes. 
and of course you know d- display them beautifully in our little artist yurts that we have yeah cool which are oh, they're them. so nice so nice i'd love to stay in a yurt well yeah you can sleep in them we'll maybe hire them out yeah, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> but anyway the grapes did not get eaten they were no bypassed you can imagine the fury next day amongst the team when the that's it i always think people don't necessarily realize when they set a rider just how because sometimes you are just you nip around the corner and pick up this thing and that's fine. And other times you're like, if they don't have this there, yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like there must be the sense of, if well, I don't get these grapes, this person may never come back because we didn't get the grapes. Yeah, exactly. And I think there is also, I think they, the artists assume you can get things at all times at any point, you know, because they, mm-hmm. they could be in New York for all they know. Yeah, Whereas we're like, actually getting a pizza at 11.30 at night, we have to plan that in. Yeah, um, we need to know. Yeah, so Huey, Huey Morgan, who was DJing this year, wanted his pepperoni pizza immediately on leaving stage that's what we're told <laughs> and i i checked with him i said do you definitely need this pepperoni pizza because actually it's quite yeah. tricky for us <laughs> and he's like yeah absolutely i need my pizza when i come off stage had his pizza ready waiting for him time to to the moment um he, he rejected the pizza no way yeah yeah, yeah. he said was... no i can't eat that it's gonna bag me up I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> well there you go but he, you know you want to make sure you got that pizza ready just yeah. in case yeah Oh man. Okay, nice. Well, those none of those are too too shocking. Grapes. I can't. I can't give too much away, obviously. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully understand. Okay. Um, We've had a funny situation where you know people have disappeared off. Performers have gone off with like our headset mics you know we we have equipment obviously yeah. we are well resourced but we don't have endless amounts so we've had a situation where one of the speakers um he was a brilliant speaker um was literally about to get on a plane with our equipment still attached to him so we had to sort of send a couple of people off in a car zoop up to Edinburgh <laughs> airport just to get him to come out take us a, take the we're mic just, and headset everything off, off yeah, of you, yeah. So we just it was great having you here but we Thank do you. need that back before Click. you fly <laughs> off to Zambia Thank you. Uh, oh so, man that's yeah, funny capers <laughs> I also just touching on volunteers there who um, who quite often are sent off on these these missions to sort of make sure that everything runs smoothly. We had, and I later learned uh, the lovely well, in fact, I won't name and shame, but we had a lovely volunteer come into Steampunk, and I thought he was on a bit of a fool's errand. He said, "I'm uh, I'm looking for some empty tins." <laughs> I was like, "Empty tins?" He said, "Yeah, I need some empty tins for uh, for the post." <laughs> <laughs> like they've sent you to get empty tins for the post okay and it transpired it was all very once i was on site it was all very logical there were these pillars and they were sp- sort of split wood and they had kind of splintery tops and you were resting the hand sanitizer on there yes and but this poor guy was just getting around and i just thought oh man have that yeah have you just been sent to go just do a task <laughs> He was, I, I, I don't know exactly get, who that yeah. was, and bless him, he went off and he did his job. He was but yeah, great. He specifically, was great. we were looking for empty, like, baked bean tins mm-hmm. to put hand gels in <laughs> on the top of fence posts, and those were our hand sanitization points. Um, Very important which, guidance was yeah. followed, <laughs> Boris and Nicola. You're all good. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, and that's an example of... Um, Exactly. You know, it's a random task and we're dealing. So, for example, this year was a completely new setup. We didn't really know how the festival was going to look and feel until we started building it yeah. and work out what spaces we could, how we could use them and where do we put the hand sanitization points, etc. So, yeah, they are pretty unique, though, and they all looked amazing. Painted fence posts. They, yeah. did, they worked well in the end, but it was one of those things that was, again, And you don't minute. know, yeah, as you say, you don't know that in advance until you're actually on site and you're yeah. like, oh, that's not ideal. Like, yeah. how do we, well... Yeah. You, sir. On yeah. you go. Here's your here is your mission. Uh but no, he was a hero, so if he's listening, you know who you are and you absolutely smashed it.
Nice. Looking forward then, are there, so this year was a much bigger festival mm-hmm. than previous years. And is that a format, and I know it's quite early, so this, I, I guess this is all kind of subject to change, but is that current form, like this year's format, is that a format that you want to take forward or are you wanting to kind of slightly rein it in again? Or where, where are you at with that kind of process? In, it's in good. So the, the demand future? we feel is there to be at this kind of size where we have some events which have, you know, around about 2,000 people coming along. There are much smaller events, so we're still going to do small pop-up events around town and we have a a smaller venue and probably a free live stage. But what we are looking at is doing the bulk of it in the lodge grounds this year and really kind of um, cementing that experience in one place um, with a few pop-ups around town. But that it just makes more sense in terms of the overall... Um, experience for people and what then you know we don't we want 2,000 people in a tent and they all just disappear we want them to hang out and feel there's a a bit of a festival vibe in that place over the 10 days yeah Um, you know really we spread out around town this year because of covid and you know we'll hopefully be working under fewer restrictions you know hopefully none at all but we'll see how it goes for next summer yeah yeah but yeah we we don't want to get too big equally you know we feel like there's a, a tipping point a balance where it feels good and it still feels friendly and welcoming, but is delivering a good experience. So we just need to kind of make sure we're we're keeping staying true to, balance, to yeah, yeah staying true to what we want to do. No, it's really exciting, and I think what was amazing, and this is kind of the startings of of what you're talking about there. Mm. I think is having there were sort of the food stalls and the bars up there, and it was actually a really nice just area to be in. Obviously, we had a couple of just beautiful days, and there was a day where there was this incredible rainbow over the big the big top 10 and it was just phenomenal people just sitting there having a beer the sun was shining the rain had just passed and it was just for me that kind of encapsulates this really just lovely feeling of the festival and i think it sounds like that's kind of what you're growing on that that having that space there to have people in and uh yeah just to entertain and and to, to to bring the community together yeah a hanging out zone where stuff's happening interesting things are going on and people can come together and and share those experiences but you know making it work for the festival as well you know we're a small team so it's quite a challenge as well when you're spread out in different places to yeah uh, to to manage those teams and to have all the equipment in the right place and yeah. you know it's all the logistical everything. yeah you're sort challenges. of trying to again back spinning those plates yeah. you were you yeah. were absolutely smashing it but it was well i borrowed an electric bike a friend here has got a really good electric bike company <laughs> And they they kindly easy riders kindly hired their their bike it's all part of the, of the kind of community spirit of it so i was whizzing around on this electric bike from um various venue to venue every venue which made it yeah. all possible to be honest it's truly no i mean it was there was and again the, there was so much going on i don't yeah. know i i honestly have no idea how you kept it all in your head while also being there dealing with the ame- whatever was in front of you but also what was going on everywhere else <laughs> sort of this, like, yeah. this baggage of, of information and, and logistics um but i have to say it was it was seamless and i'm just i'm, I'm really excited for what what's to come for, oh, for good. well it is exciting and that's the thing i think you know it we're not for profit festival you know really it's it's done for the love of it to be honest um and we you know there's comes a point we just think gosh can we actually continue to do this but if you are if we're up for it and we've got the energy then it will continue um, and at some point it may then pass on to the next stewards the next guardians of yeah. it if you like who maybe take it in a slightly different direction um but for now it feels good it feels like the community wants it you know, we know we've got to be responsible. We can't just put up a festival in the middle of town and, you know, we, we want to do it in a really, in a way that um, is respectful to neighbours, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, so hopefully this year we'll have our plans in place. We'll start to be able to announce some of the acts coming up um, quite early on to give people there's, a sense There's of one confirmed on. act who is, who's rescheduled. Candy, Stan Candy Saturn, yeah. I'm she's... incredibly excited for. <laughs> yeah. My young heart is ready. Yeah, young heart. <laughs> Run free. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she'll be brilliant. So she's on the, the Friday night and we've got a few others we're just about mm -hmm. to announce. Mm -hmm. So Watch the space, Yeah, watch the space. Indeed, indeed. It'll be fun. Oh, no, it's... it's it's such a valuable part of the community and equally this idea of the sort of having more of a hub at the on on the lodge grounds there i think will feed into that offering of of what maybe isn't sustainable for north berwick throughout the year but to have that you know 10 days of of being able to go for a, a drink and have some music playing in the background and having not that there's nowhere to you know do that in north berwick but there's it's yeah. it has a sort of ephemeral quality that is fun and exciting and that wouldn't necessarily draw people you know that otherwise people wouldn't come to you know yeah, there's that yeah, there's yeah. that excitement there yeah absolutely um, i think and people are are you know are they're up for it you know you, it, is, it is a use it or lose it situation yeah. you know, if, if you don't want to do this in your town then then people don't buy tickets but they are and people are already asking about the dates for next year and keeping them in their diaries because people plan their holidays quite far in advance yeah. well, organized people do i don't yeah. but um <laughs> so it's 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 good that we are you know we're we're in this sort of psyche of locals but we you know we get visitors as well to the to the festival from out with the local area and um, you know and there's probably going to be a bit more of that as well i think for for the coming year it's definitely yeah. it gets more coverage i think each yeah. year and and people i mean obviously you bring in acts that have a fan base as well so you're getting yeah. people that travel specifically for the act you have people locally that are coming just just to see just to join in an event and then i think yeah people from edinburgh from glasgow i know that i, I spoke to a lot of people that were from kind of all over the place who'd, who'd come just uh just to be at this event and it is like i think north berwick is also such an incredible venue for you know you can come and have a day at the beach or an afternoon at the beach and then yeah get your fish and chips and then go up and see a concert like for people visiting it's a, it's an incredible offering as well yeah exactly and it's you know you can get the train out relatively easily and it's yeah it's a, it's a great day out and you know there's usually a late train goes back to edinburgh mm -hmm. uh, which scott rail put on especially for the festival so that's that's great and that's kind of a, attracting a different audience for us as well but yeah you know it's 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 relaxed there's a friendly vibe um, so for people coming in, they've got something a bit different in terms of the offering they might get in Edinburgh or elsewhere, you know, it's, it's yeah. something a bit unique, I would say. It's Absolutely. quite special. That's good. But North Berwick's, you know, it's welcomed it. And people like Kath here at Steampunk, you know, you guys put on your own event uh, for the last festival for with Blue Tile and the kind of, you know, for a teen vibe Steampunk yeah. session. So that's really good as well. And that helps us bring in different audiences and, and just do something a little bit. It's that collaborative spirit, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, yeah. and, you know, the library, I don't know mm -hmm. how that, you know, relationship yeah. works, but it's amazing that you're then, a, you've been able to use that space. And yeah. um, and even, I just remembered also the art club. That was such a cool uh, yeah. kind of community outreach yeah. project that sort of, I, I, so I went around and uh, took photos of all the pieces of art that had been submitted. And there was an incredible um, selection of pieces uh, to cover. But I had this incredible experience of going to all these people's houses yeah. and just meeting the most, again, just the most broad selection of people from the local area that I would never have normally met, who, you know, I think it was a really empowering thing, especially after lockdown, to, for these people to present something and feel seen, valued. You know, there was like, this incredible, some people thought it was a bit silly, you know, they were sort of, oh, I don't know why anyone would want to see, but they had these incredible pieces and it was, yeah, it was such a, a valuable contribution and 
yeah it's things like that that also make it like it's great that you have these incredible big headliners but it also is all stitched together by these sort of smaller scale uh, outreach you know events and projects and um yeah no i just um, that's we would like to do more of that you know that sort of participatory activity and getting people involved and you know contributing in their way to to the arts and we would display those in an outdoor exhibition um the the pieces that were submitted as part of the art club which was brilliant you know like you say such a complete diverse range of of pieces that we received and we were really happy to have them all exhibited it was yeah. it was great but yeah we're, we're hoping to do more of that um 2022 is a year of stories so we're looking at having Ooh. a storyteller in residence and how we bring that to life through working with different local groups we've got a few ideas so yeah Amazing. again watch the space Ooh, exciting <laughs> well, i think that sounds like a really uh hopeful and positive note to uh to wrap up on uh, i'm really excited to see what's in the pipeline for you guys over at fringe by the sea uh, i know it's in, in incredibly capable hands and i think uh, yeah as we said watch the space and keep the faith <laughs> thanks toby thanks guys mm -hmm.